welcome to Forever Cannon, the podcast where we talk about comfortable cages, broken engagements, and how to dump your prisoner girlfriend. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Cannon, we're going to cover book five of Fate of the Jedi, Allies, by Christy Golden, chapters 13 through 16. And according... To the uh, recording over there, I'm screaming at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> apologies, apologies, ladies and gentlemen. We are just very excited this week. Yeah. This week. <laughs> and speaking of this week, this week, uh, I'm going to be mad at the beginning, and then I promise I'll be cool for the rest of the podcast. I think. All right. But first, bum bum bum. Previously on Forever Canon, teenage delinquents flirt in prison. Sith father asks uncomfortable questions. Han and Leia tell Tahiri that Anakin still loves her. And Hamner tells Jaina shutty. And she goes rogue. <laughs> That's a good one. And she goes rogue right into the beginning of chapter 13. Which is a perfect segue for us this week, in case you didn't know. Because that's where we're starting. Where Jaina is asking Jag for help once again. She comes into his office. She bullies around his secretary, aide, bodyguard. Mm-hmm. Three and one, if you can believe that. And she's asking him for help. This annoys Jag this time. And me. Here we go. <laughs> I wasn't joking. I'm going to be mad for a minute. And then I think I'm cool for the rest of the podcast. All right. But why is she constantly asking him for help? Mm-hmm. Okay. And this is not just like. Oh, she's such a powerful woman and she shouldn't have to ask her boyfriend for help. Whatever. He is a he is a capable man with plenty of resources and he's close at hand. But why why does she need his help to get a lawyer for Tahiri? Her mom used to be the president of the galaxy. Ask your mom. Mm-hmm. Cool. Like, you have your own resources to solve these problems. Now she's coming into his office asking for his help. To launch the Jedi stealth axes that are stuck on Coruscant with the crazy Jedi and also Jedi that are going to go secretly help Luke, which he doesn't know. But anyways, everybody's trapped on Coruscant because Dala's doing the whole iron fist and oversight of everything. So she asked Jag for help, like yeah, distract, distract her or, him, yeah. or, you know, give us uh, Imperial ships and stuff. But why do you need his help? You have plenty of your own connections especially across the Jedi Masters. Yeah. You can't get civilian vehicles that Dala doesn't know about. You can't get your hand on private military vehicles from retirees who you know all across the planet. Like, yeah. I don't know. There's of- way more <laughs> options than going to your fiance and saying, like, I need your help again, and I need your help again, and I need your help again. Yeah, all, the, all of, like, Han's old rogue buddies... All of them, they they all have resources. One owns a casino. Well, case in point, <laughs> right? There's so many. They they know all of the richest, most powerful people in the galaxy. They being the Jedi Order, but specifically Jaina Solo. Mm-hmm. So why you have to keep crawling in your boyfriend's office and asking for help? I don't know. She didn't crawl in his lap this time. Well, not this time. But no. here she is asking for help. And she says, Luke found, quote, a threat to the entire galaxy. And Jag thinks, okay, that sounds pretty big. 
Yep. I'm going to have to consider what she wants. And what does she want specifically as she asks for help? What does Jaina want? Jag says, you want me to either lie to Dala to get her off your back or else provide you with Imperial ships without informing the Galactic Alliance to go herring off chasing some unnamed threat to the galaxy? Jaina wants treason. Yes, she does. Jaina wants treason. She wants a galactic war again. <laughs> hey, hey, small request, <laughs> honey. <laughs> uh, if you could just either lie to the president of the galaxy and distract her while we sneak her most hated individuals off the planet, or just give us direct access to this other government's resources who you're trying to bring into the full fold of the galactic <laughs> alliance... If you could just betray that trust and confidence for me on a on a geo not geopolitical on a on a star system political yeah. multi-system a uni universe near universal uni yeah. as we know they don't reach out to hut space but you know hey betray everything you've been working for and all of the responsibility you've been given for me please it, yeah with no real no real info at all. Yeah. That's all she wants. She doesn't, not money, as the one song would have you believe. <laughs> Jaina wants treason. Jeez. <laughs> oh, the best things in life are free. <laughs> okay, anyways, that's uh, that's not on here. <laughs> what? Seriously. Seriously, though. Okay, asking for help, get to hear a lawyer. That's one level. Yep. It's that's another level to walk in here and go, hey, man. Can you please betray everything that you're doing to help us with this secret thing that nobody would really trust or understand other than me? It's another it's another one of those you gotta believe me. Yeah. Type of type of requests. And I don't know, how about you Jedi steal your own ships? Why do you why does Jag have to start a war for you? Steal your own ships. Help your goddamn self. Mm-hmm. We've seen her steal ships before, plenty of times. Yeah. They have no compunction about doing that any other time, but apparently they really need their stealth X's to go help Luke. You couldn't just possibly take other ships. Yeah, they don't have to be super stealth. Yeah, why must they be the top of the line available <laughs> ships? How about desperate times? Get out. Get a bunch of Y-Wings, head out there. Well, that's not what she wants. She <laughs> wants Jag... To betray two governments for her and essentially start another civil war. Just as the news kicks on and Javis Tears voice, Javis Tears voice comes on talking about the Mandalorians are now surrounding the Jedi Temple and it is under siege by Dala and her government. And yeah, I said that again. I said it before in an earlier book. Mandalorians at the Jedi Temple. This time, yeah. instead of <laughs> trying to smash in and take what they want, they're under siege. Yeah. They've got them surrounded. There And there's a lot of them this time. Yeah, a lot more than they brought the first time, which, well, what not that exactly what the Night Sisters did in the last book? Mm -hmm. You come a few, you come a few, and then you come hard when you're getting defeated a little bit at a time. That was... <laughs> Anyways, all she wants is for Jag to commit treason for her to save these crazy Jedi. 
But all Jag can really do is commit to talking to Dala about getting the Mandalorians out of the, I don't yep. know, out of around the temple, right? That's all he can really commit to is something diplomatic, wouldn't you know? And even that is something that he does not have high hopes for. No, he's like, obviously that's not going to work. So, Jag can't do what Jaina wants. So she pops off her engagement ring and she says, their duties will always come between them, blah, blah, blah. This will never work, yada, yada, yada. And I have three question marks. What? Really? Hey. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we are sort of exaggerating her request, calling it treason and yeah, and 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 uh, starting a galactic civil war and uh, a totally overreaching request. Um, uh, we're not wrong. It's not wrong. No, that's absolutely right. And so Jaina dumps Jag, gives, puts the engagement ring back on his desk because their duty will always come between them because he refuses to betray the government for the Jedi. Yes. He's not a Jedi. Nope. He is a government. Yes. How? Why? (laughs) Why is she... All of a sudden, all the way at the threshold of her emotional capacity, all along this whole time, she's not been particularly bothered about solving this problem of the Mandalorians broke into the temple. Mm -hmm. The problem of we're pinned down and can't get the crazies out. The problem of what's happening with these crazy Jedi in the first place. Why now, all of a sudden... Is she completely emotionally overwhelmed after this outrageous request is... Yeah, obviously is, and is, predictably denied. Yes, predictably. That was the word I was looking for. It, it, it feels absurd for her to be this reactionary to the fact that he won't betray two entire civilizations Wait, to help her. He doesn't necessarily have a huge problem with it. He kind of agrees with it, though. Like in the next couple lines in the in the book, he's like, oh, "She's right. Yeah, we'll always do our duties first. Blah blah blah." Right, but I think that's just because Jag is zero emotion and she's one thousand. Yeah, in, in this scene, you're yeah, you're right. He does say the same thing, but I don't know if he believes it as much as maybe he's just like. Like being accepting or something? Yeah, just okay. Because you know, no, I don't. <laughs> I don't mean like that. I just mean like, oh well, this is what's happening. Type. Of yeah, thing. yeah. Like, that's how he is. He's like, well, that's Jaina's decision, and she's made it, and obviously this is over, and obviously she's right. Type of thing. But that's how I read it, anyways. Yeah, yeah. Not that he didn't care, just that he was resigned to it. But I just why, <sighs> why is she so now? invested in solving this problem that she's going to break off her engagement with Jag over his refusal to commit treason. She goes from being not invested to solving this problem to now being super mad. And I just wonder if like, I don't know. She has, she has plenty of capability of solving all these problems that have arisen along the way. She has had Mm -hmm. plenty of capability and opportunity to step in more 
Yeah. But she's been written into her fiance's lap for a thousand pages. Mm-hmm. Making out with him behind the Jedi Temple by the by his uh by his limousine, crawling <laughs> yeah. into his lap in his office, coming out of a secret door in his office, like not particularly focused on fixing any of this stuff. And so then now everything comes to like threat level midnight mm-hmm. and she's like, The engagement's off. I can't believe you won't do this for me. Or not even I can't believe you won't. Just see it'll never work because you won't what? Because you won't betray everything you believe in. Yeah, because you <laughs> won't break faith of all your bonds for my request. Yeah. What? That seems so unreasonable. It, oh, it definitely does. And it, it would definitely... Hey, she's our age. Our age. She's 33-ish years old. She is the grownest adult she's ever been. Mm-hmm. She's in the best relationship she's ever been in. And she doesn't think she can solve this problem without him, so she must break this engagement off without his help. By the end of the series, she'll hunt down Zach. She'll be fine. Maybe. Does he even really exist? Is that really Zach? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It was so casually dropped that he's back. Is <laughs> never really even so saw flippant. him. So, so flippant. So flippant. Yeah. I don't. Where did? Where did? How? What happened? He was lost in in space, in freaky space. Yeah. Yeah, she. I don't understand. It's it's. She got. Oh, I haven't been doing anything. Okay, I'm gonna go try and do a thing. Oh, I can't do it. Well, this is bullshit. But you Gone. can do it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Case in point. She storms out of the office to go and fucking do it herself. Yeah. Hey, how about put the ring back on and then do that? You can still be mad. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to give up on. <laughs> yeah. This. Like we were talking about last time, like how much potential of their possible, uh, I don't know, love are they going to get out of these relationships? How much potential growth that you get from another person are they going to find in the pages with these constantly broken up Star Wars uh, hot star couples that we get? You know what I mean? More lost potential like we were talking about. She just storms out of the office and it's engagement over and uh, the the reaction feels absurd and this might be my first writing complaint of the book that mm-hmm. it feels just really contrived other than the explanation of like she's in panic mode now because things have reached this boiling point and she has been largely inactive and it's she's been inactive because of her bond with him, and so she's displacing this anger with herself and her own in uh, her own, her own failure to take care yeah. of the problem. She's displacing that anger onto her relationship because that's what she was really focusing on. Hey, once again, all extrapolation. This is all <laughs> us adding to the narrative, right? And you know that's that's all that could all be legitimate if she later thinks that at some point, like wow. I can't believe I freaked out like that. I just was so overwhelmed with the fact that I've been doing nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that'll be cool and that'll pay off and I'll dig that. But as it sits right now, it seems forced. Yeah. It yeah. seems way over the top. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely too much emotion on. A, hey, he just saved your family from being murdered. No. Yeah. Right. And he did the last thing he want you wanted him to do. Yeah, no and, problem. And like in the last time we saw her, she was like, 
ooh, this relationship is strong as fuck, and I can't believe how good things are going, and nothing's ever going to come between <laughs> us, unless maybe it does. Like, this seems like a drastic reversal of her emotion emotions in this reaction. Mm-hmm. Also, and- also, if this is real life, you're being an idiot and stop. So maybe that's also why it makes me mad. <laughs> like you're being an asshole person. Don't yeah. do that. Hey, can you please throw away everything you've ever worked for for me? Guess what? He's done that before and it fucked him right out of the chiss. <laughs> yes, he did. The audacity of her to come back and make this request of him to betray anything for the Jedi. Yeah. And for her, it's so the I guess the word of 2020 would be toxic. Yeah. And he you know he says that if it was just me, I would do it. But I'm but, in charge of a government. It's galactic. Hi, I'm in charge of a civilization of people that already hate my guts and don't want me to be in charge yeah. of them. It's a it's it's galactic repercussions not just me being kicked out of my home intergalactic repercussions yes that was the word we were looking for earlier so anyways uh i don't know that's my first complaint christy you better pay it off that's all i'm saying i believe that she could i believe that she has the power but if Jaina doesn't have a, a moment of realization that she's being a total asshole <laughs> over this incident, I'm going to be really disappointed in her character development. Yeah, it doesn't even have to be much. Just be like, I can't believe I did that. Okay. She, she better be embarrassed about the yeah. way that she behaved in this office. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting my foot down. I'm dad speaking right now. <laughs> Anyways, time to be... Uh, I'm done being mad now. As we cut to the news... In Windorvin's office, comparing Dala to Palpatine and Vader and Jason Solo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he wanted to be everything that his grandfather failed to become in his selfishness, right? Mm-hmm. And instead, of course, he became exactly Darth Vader. Yeah. He, he, he It's almost <laughs> a carbon copy story, right? Yeah. He had a love too deep... To be willing to sacrifice any bit of it for the greater good. That's what happened to Anakin with Padme and the babies when she was pregnant. Even his mom, right? And that's what happened with Jason Solo and Tenelka and Alana. Alana especially. Mm-hmm. And then we get this... This. <laughs> I don't know how my brain is trying to tie this together right now. But it it carries this mirror of the Ben and Vistara thing that's going on where how often, how many times is she being told by her Sith culture, whether it's uh, out loud or intrinsically, she's being told over and over love, whatever you want, but never enough to sacrifice it for the greater good. Yep. The greater Sith good in in their case. Right. It's such a, such a pervasive theme of star Wars, which, and it's so, uh, I don't know. It's so inherent to the yin yang thing. You know, mm-hmm. the little bit of good and the bad is have all of the good, have all of the love that you want, but have that little bit of bad where you would be willing to sacrifice it for more good. Yeah. That's not your own. Right. I don't know. Just a message being reflected over and over again. Right. Doll is being compared to all these evil, 
Sith. Yep. She's not. No. She's just a... What is happening with her? You know what? Hold that breath. Okay. The whole time. Because <laughs> I got a note in All about right. two paragraphs. Oh, wow. No, That's I'm a bit. Kidding. But she is not very happy with the way that she's being portrayed on the news. So she tells Windorvin to muzzle the press. Very dictatorial move. Mm-hmm. Tell, tell everybody that the press is evil. That the media is out to get you. Go ahead and try and shut them down any way you can. Well, Dala is being bizarrely unreasonable. Just like Jaina Solwell. Mm-hmm. And I had a weird connection that I wondered here. What if Abeloth's only power isn't making Jedi's imposter syndrome? Making people who have been in the Maw imposter syndrome. Making people who have been in her vicinity go crazy. What if she can also make them go crazy in different ways? Yeah. Where they become irrational and unreasonable because over the course of Dala throughout this series, she has gotten progressively more... Ooh, what's the word I want? Like erratic? <laughs> severe. Yes. She's always been severe, but illogically severe. Mm-hmm. Where on one hand, she'll be like, am I doing the right thing? And then the next sentence, she's like, I'll give him something to cry about. Yeah. And then she calls in the Mandalorians twice now. And it's like, she's overreacting so much to the Jedi. Her perceived indignation that these Jedi are not following her orders, right? Mm -hmm. Because that's what she wants. She wants the Jedi to be under the control of the government. But she's being so illogically out of character about all of these decisions that she's making. She's a military commander. She should be very good at weighing the pros and cons of her decisions and the repercussions of those decisions step two, three, four down the line, right? Yeah. But she doesn't seem to be doing that. She's being very reactionary and emotional. Yeah. Which is not her. You broke my stuff, so I'm going to break your stuff. It's like Jason Solo on the phone. You said no to me, so I'm going to ruin your life. Yeah. Yeah. Click. And that, that, was, <laughs> that was my thought, too, was what if she's either in a close kind of proximity or just she's affecting their just decision making? The Maws opened up a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Abeloth is off of that planet. You know, Dala was in the Maw all those years. Jaina was there at shelter just like everybody else. Yeah, and now that... Off and on. The Maws open up. Her influence is more pervasive. It's it's assumed that Jaina's too old to be turned imposter syndrome. But what if this is what happens to the people who are older? Yeah. They get irrationally emotionally reactionary and violent and severe. Yeah. What if that's part of the Abeloth influence? Because it doesn't fit. It doesn't fully fit Dala or at least what I want to think of Dala. Precise was written at first. logic. Yeah. 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 When she was first written, it was like, she is. Yeah. I, that's a harsh move, but that's exactly what should be happening. And now it's just like, what are you doing? Even her assistant yeah, throughout this paragraph or whatever, a couple of paragraphs is like, Ooh, I sure don't agree with her sending the Mandos to the temple. And I wish I could talk her out of that. 
I'm definitely not going to muzzle the press, but I'll give her like a drip of the the fountain that she's looking for. Mm-hmm. He's trying to regulate her decisions, you know, because he doesn't even agree with her anymore. And when I don't know, I just you think of Dala when she was making her comeback in the last series, coming out of nowhere with her ma irregular fleet and all their wacky ships with weird technologies. Yeah. Nobody perfectly ever... timed and thought out and processed. And it was yeah. like, here's the comeback of this great commander and leader. Now, maybe what we're seeing is that, that those skills only scale up so far. Mm-hmm. It's one thing to be an admiral and a commander of a fleet. However many tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that may be. It's another thing entirely to be president of the galaxy. Yeah, trillions like and trillions of that, people. Yeah, that the way that she keeps her control doesn't really scale up like that. Or also doesn't really have the same effect on certain groups like the Jedi, for mm-hmm. example. Like, you can't intimidate the Jedi into into supplication like you can a, a no. military underling, right? I mean, yeah. More often than not. So... Either there is some other degree of this Abeloth influence that's seeping out of the Maw now. And I would love for also that to be the reason why Jane is being a dickhead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's cool. That'd be super cool. That, 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 that'd be good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe that's why Dala is losing control of this situation with the Jedi and her, I don't know, decision making yeah, She skills. is on a spiral for yeah, sure. dude. She is... <laughs> She is absolutely spiraling out of control. Chapter 14. Umalar. Vinsoth. Remember that planet we were talking about? With the Chevs and the Chevin and the slaves. And we're going to send a news reporter there. It actually took me about a paragraph and a half to figure out where we were and what we were doing (laughs) on this random planet. (laughs) You dark. (laughs) I I remembered Vinsoth. And and then I, I I saw... Chev and I was like, oh, okay. oh yes, yes, yes. Uh, right, oh I right, got it. slavery cutscene, right, 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 yeah, <laughs> right, because that's kind of whenever we're not with our main characters, we're seeing different, uh, different striations of, of slavery, different iterations of slavery. Yeah, uh, the degrees where it's uh, super abusive and super abhorrent conditions, the degrees where it's pretended to be high society and well taken care of. You know, it is it all boils down to the same thing, nonetheless. But whenever we get these cutaways from our main characters, we are exploring what slavery is and how we are, I don't know, tying that to our theme. And and how the outward view that is portrayed is like, oh, so that slavery is okay. That one's not, but sure, this one's okay. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Because the, at uh, the end, uh, this chapter made me sad. Well, I also almost cried. Yeah. And you know what? We'll get to that. <laughs> Right now, yeah, we're uh we're on Umalor uh, on in Vinsoth, the other way around. We're in in Umalor, Umalor on Vinsoth, having a drinking contest. Uh, someone can't believe they're losing to a woman. A guy bets a slave as his ancient Jedi tradition, right? Qui Gon, Jim, right? <laughs> Not their mom though, right? Cool. And here we are with Madi Vont, mm-hmm. Perry Needmo's reporter, who he's sending to all the various planets to cover this expose of this uprising against slavery turns out the galaxy is over it now yeah except for the people who own them what do you know what do you call <laughs> those oh the south <laughs> uh 
this woman, Maddie Vaughn, is the big drinker of the night. Yeah. Wouldn't you know? This is, got, a, this is a very Indiana Jones scene. It is, dude. <laughs> it so is. Except sci-fi. Yes. Because why does she why is she able to drink this Chevin Chev? I don't even know. I don't know which one is the slave and which one is the alligator face, man. Uh, I don't know. On the floor. But your reason is she's got two livers. She's got sneakily <laughs> two livers. Yeah. That'd be like transfer that to Indiana Jones. He's got like a straw on the side of his mouth that you can't see through his goatee or something that he's now grown suspiciously. <laughs> <laughs> and it like drips down into a water skin bag or whatever, right? She's got two livers, so she beats this man at a drinking contest. Also, she's been contacted by the Freedom Flight. Complications to her news reporting, huh? Mm-hmm. Because they might ask her to do some unsavory reporting decisions makings. Yeah. Be. I had a better word when I started. Be biased. She's going to have to break all of her rules of reportingness. Anyways. Also, she just won a slave in that drinking contest. Yes, she did. Uh, I say that casually because the man bets that slave very casually. And then As loses you do immediately. With your property. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, she wins a slave that she doesn't want because she hates slavery, right? Well, she's forced to keep the slave because if you don't, then the slave has been bad and the slave will be punished. Mm hmm. So now she has a slave and she tells her new slave, which this part of the scene. Without the back half of this, this first part is like a little bit uh, mixed signals where she's like, I don't want a slave, but all right, slave, here's what you're going to do for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she says to to her new slave, uh, what what was that name again? Shota? Shota. Yeah. <laughs> Something. Shota. She says, you're going to be appearing on the live news in 11 minutes, slave. And all you don't have to dance. No, that's yeah. not what I meant. All you need to do is answer my questions. It'll be simple. Slave. <laughs> and then cut to the interview is fantastic, right? Uh, as for the writing, it's written very aggressively. And it has the emotional, emotional <laughs> payoff in the end that you're looking for. Where Maudie Vaunt is... Asking this guy very uncomfortable, difficult questions on live intergalactic television. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a very, very in-depth, very... Questions such as, uh, since you are my slave, would it be legal for me to beat you? Yes, of course, master. Yeah. Just not in public. How about if I rape you? Yes, of course, master. If I, I could, You could force me to do whatever you want. What about if you had children and then I beat your children to punish you? And... Slave is slightly put off. <laughs> yeah. And says, yes, of course, master. You can do whatever you want to me. And then she frees him on live TV like a goddamn genie. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> and offers him a job. Come and work for me. Covering slavery, freeing slaves, yada, yada, yada. All this happens on live TV. And it's way more like, uh, it's more emotional when you read it than the way that I described it. Yeah. Because it's, I don't know. It's I difficult went, things to talk about, so uh, I'm being silly about it. I went super sad for this guy and the whole lifestyle that he's been forced, because he's like prime pedigree slave too. Right. Yeah. He's good stock. Yeah. Good stock, like 12 generations prime. Which is gross, right? Yeah. That's not, that's genetic defects, right? <laughs> but... 
Yeah. He's not. He's he's great. And then and then I was super happy for him because when she freed him, he's like, "Oh, that's awesome!" And he looks up and he's got this like intensity and happiness in his eyes. He's and... got a, a completely brand new smile and pride mm-hmm. at now being free. Yep. As everybody should be, right? He also offers a really solid quote. A kind mistress is still a mistress or master, if you will. And a comfortable cage still confines. Mm -hmm. Here's a question for you. How does that apply to our broader story? Because every time we come to one of these cutaways, what I think is that we're getting a dose of the overall theme downloaded into our subconscious. Okay. A comfortable cage still confines. How does that, that is present in so many of our little story arcs. For example, Luke and Ben. They're in a quite comfortable cage aboard the Jade Shadow Mm -hmm. with each other. Their only surviving immediate family, you know, in the home of their lost uh, matriarch of the family. And as much as they are enjoying their time together, Here comes the conflict of being confined together because they are trapped together, essentially. And now with this added wrinkle of Vestara, you know, they had been getting along great. And now here comes the conflict in the cage, no matter what the cage may be. Jane and Jag, well, their cage is their individual duty, right? Yeah. That's coming between the two of them constantly that no matter how comfortable their relationship may get, it's still always confined by these duties and responsibilities that are going to drive them apart at certain forks in the road. As evidenced by Jaina taking off her engagement mm-hmm. ring and storming out of the room, right? Tahiri literally locked in a cage. She's the least comfortable, I think. She's the most confined. Yes. And then, on <laughs> a not joke, the Jedi and the GA... What does Dala want? She wants control. She wants the Jedi to be a branch of the government. She wants to confine the power of the Jedi to the control of the government. Yeah, to the government structures and rules and all that. Which is the government they serve as is. But that extra control, Mm -hmm. that extra layer of stripping freedom away from the Jedi is what they're not comfortable with, right? Yeah. And so... Every time one of these little cutaway scenes comes along, I'm trying to be thoughtful. <laughs> I'm trying to be a genius. Yeah, figure the meaning out. Why? Yeah. Why are we talking about slavery specifically? Because it is... Ooh, there are so many ways to tie it into all of these twisting narratives that we have going on. Yeah, even Ben and Vistara, Abeloth and what she's doing to Abeloth and her past and what she's doing to everybody. She talked about caged and confined. How long was she stuck on that planet for? Yeah. Unknown amount of time. And now she's not. And we never hear from her again. No, (laughs) but she may be doing things to people. We don't know. Well, we've had a couple more people go crazy since we stopped hearing from her, her and ship. Yeah. Who I can't wait to have make a comeback. I'm excited for that guy to come back. Anyways, slavery's bad. Chapter yes. 15. Solo safe house, Coruscant. Where Alana notices that 3PO is being weird. He's annoyed 
but with himself. That never happens. <laughs> He's annoyed all the time at other people and their inability to do simple tasks that are simple to him. But he's annoyed with himself. That's weird. Very strange. So she eavesdrops on him. Yep. And what's he doing? He's sending a translation back to Luke of that of the Kashiri conversation he recorded aboard the Jade Shadow between Vistara Kai and her father, Gavar Kai. I had to get a breath to think yeah. for a moment. I had to put Vistara first, even though I didn't want to. But that tagged me up and it got all the names right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nonsense thing to stop and brag about uh, and i was waiting for it too the whole time i was like i gonna remember the dad's name is oh gonna... you bet your ass i am so he's getting the transcript of that conversation sent back to him because 3po is amazing yeah an unknown language he manages to cross-reference it or whatever right <laughs> against enough different similar languages to put together a transcript of what the hell they were saying and before you know it the talk becomes Sith, 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 dark side, and Alana starts freaking out that Uncle Luke is doing the same bad thing that her dad did, mm-hmm. <laughs> turning to the dark side. I thought this was kind of heartbreaking and sweet and cute. You know? Yeah, she's worried for her uncle. Bittersweet. She can't even think of Jason as her dad anymore. No, no, she didn't think oh, of the, Kydus as yes, her dad. Yes, the yellow-eyed yeah. man. Yeah, that was not her dad. And you know what? You're pretty right. Yeah. Like, that's a especially at eight years old that is how you must compartmentalize it until you can later understand why he became so severe and so irrationally hell-bent on implementing his rule and his control it's gonna really mess her up when she realizes it's her fault maybe yeah or maybe she'll end up on a white throne surrounded by a menagerie of different species and she'll be, ah, you like that word. And she'll be, uh, you know, in control of the entire galaxy and the, everything will be good in the light, in the seat of power, in the throne of balance, in the pool of knowledge of wisdom, in the swamp of waters. And seeing visions and whatnot. <laughs> like, I'd, maybe, I'd, like, that's the way things are prophesized right now and what they've been seeing but yeah if, in real life if you realize that your dad went bonkers and killed millions of people and it was all because he wanted to protect the galaxy for you but is it because according to what happened beyond shadows it's because of whatever he saw yes in the vision in the well yeah we don't know what not that is, necessarily though. exactly not necessarily because of Alana. What did he see? Nobody knows. Nobody will tell anybody anything. <laughs> but back to the scene where Alana is about to faint because she can't handle the fact that Luke Skywalker might be turning to the dark side. Luke, hologram Luke, aboard, not aboard, <laughs> in the solo safe house, tells 3PO, go get Han and Leia. And they come and save the day and calm the child down. Mm-hmm. They all chit chat about how complicated things are because. Luke's not supposed to talk to Han and Leia and ask for help. That's why he contacted 3PO, which is why 3PO was being secretive, which drew Alana's attention. And Han and Leia are being secretive because they're staging a, that secret stealth X launch with yep. the Jedi to go and help Luke across, across the galaxy. I gotta, all, all across it. I got to slow down. Yeah, yeah. Your you mouth is not keeping up with your brain. Well, how would you ever expect it to? <laughs> this brain is a million miles a minute. 
<laughs> Thinking of words like menagerie on the fly. This isn't in the notes, Tim. No, no. It you... doesn't say menagerie <laughs> in here. <laughs> I don't know. Big capital letters in Sharpie. <laughs> oh, fuck. Hey, no, that, not that part. <laughs> no, other page. Look at the other page. Anyways, Han and Leia come and calm the kid down. Explain how complicated things are, except nobody tells each other the secrets because they're not supposed to directly tell each other. Mm-hmm. And then they just go turn on the news. I think they're already breaking the law by Leia talking to Luke anyway. I think so. Because she a Jedi. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. And Alana even is thinking that like, yeah, but didn't we go to Dathomir to save him? And isn't that already breaking the law? And is he a bad guy? And then like, yada, yada, like now you're talking to him. Aren't we breaking the law? Isn't this the wrong thing? She's eight years old. She's putting all this, this shit together. Yeah. They go to turn on the TV and it's the news. It's Javis Tear telling everybody that the Jedi Temple is under siege. And I like how this is used as like a focus point. Like a centering point across our different strands of story. Yeah, all this stuff's where, happening at the same time. Exactly. It makes everything kind of contemporaneous. Not kind of. Yeah. Exactly that. But, <laughs> but you know, it pops on with Jane and Jag in his office. It pops on here now in the Solo's apartment. We may or may not see it again. We saw it in Dala's office. Mm-hmm. They calm the kid down. But it turns out the Jedi Temple is under siege. And... You've got a message from Jag. The message is essentially, Jaina dumped me, and she's going to help Luke all by herself. Yep. Please worry, as I do. (laughs) And, well, the argument becomes, which parent to blame? Don't glare at me, Leia said. That's a very Han Solo thing to do. That's, mm-hmm. I just like that little quote. They have, they always have these moments of like precious little banter between them. Yeah, where they're perfectly their movie versions that you fell in love with when you're ten years old or whatever. Yep, brilliant. It's good. Every once in a while, like it's just that's a perfect touchstone. You know, how to have their the t- that uh, that central part of their relationship fired up. It's great. Yeah, and it doesn't doesn't take much it's for those two especially. It just well one line. No, saying, exactly. She's your kid, man. Yeah, uh, that's a Han Solo move. Oh, Alana stole the Millennium Falcon. That's all you, bud. <laughs> yeah, I was a good little princess diplomat. <laughs> I'm on a diplomatic mission. Anyways, hilarious tag to a stressful sequence of reveals for little Alana Solo. Mm-hmm. She's adorable. She's smart, and she's gonna rule the world. And she tells him that too. She says, I am the the Chumdai or whatever it is. Chumdai, that's how I call it. And I should know this stuff. You guys can't keep intergalactic government secrets from me because someday I'm going to be the queen of hapes. Yeah, I'm going to be a ruler. I'm going to be a queen. I need to know this stuff. She's eight. (laughs) It's great. It is so great. Chapter 16, Aboard the Jade Shadow. Hey, Tim. Yeah. Luke is tired. Yeah. Emotionally, I think, this time. He's all kinds of exhausted, I think. And as a first time, Fate of the Jedi reader, I want to ask you this question. Are you scared? Well, it's never <laughs> Are you been scared good. for Luke Skywalker? He's constantly, constantly... He gives us... We get the reassurance of his strength in the flashes of brilliance that he gives us at all times. Mm-hmm. 
but he is constantly being told to us that he is tired in some way. His body's tired from beyond shadows. He's exhausted from being exiled. He's mentally exhausted from the events of the last few days and his son laughing in jail with a Sith. Yeah, it's never... But he's tired. Before this this series, he's never shown anything like that, really. Exactly ever. why I'm asking you this. Yeah. Because it is so fresh to the series for a constant reminder that Luke Skywalker's tired. You know who's not tired? Han and Leia. Mm-hmm. She's his twin sister. I believe she's seconds younger, so I'll give her that. Mm-hmm. But Han Solo's like 20 years older. Yeah. And he's never like, I'm so tired. Part of his character, right? Because he's the brash, uh, uh, the uh, untouchable suit of armor on him, right? Like he's deflection man. Yeah. But Why? Are we constantly being reminded that Luke Skywalker is running out of energy? Are you scared? What do you think would happen if Luke Skywalker died? Let's say right now in the story. So you don't have to guess far further ahead in the story. What would happen right now? I think Ben would go dark. I agree. He would go dark. That was dark. the first thing I thought of. Yeah, he He'd would... be overwhelmed. He'd be captured by a society... A, 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 a planet of Sith, not and, a society of Sith. Like they're not a city. They're across an entire planet. Right? Yeah. It's a planet of Sith. And he'd be the only Jedi left among them. And I, I'm not even sure if the capturing would need to happen. I think he would just, he'd either want to blame them and take revenge on them because that's when all this started. Or mm-hmm. he'd want to join them to take out Abeloth, which would throw him in that. Who knows? Yeah. Um. But the other thing is galaxy would fall apart. How? Would they even know for 10 years? Oh, I'm sure they would. How? I think. Oh, I guess you'd feel it. it all the Jedi would. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> There's that caveat. I was thinking, Ben's captured by the Sith. You're never going to hear from him again if they don't want you to. Mm-hmm. Luke will be gone. Maybe he's too far away. Maybe inside the Maw, no one can feel you die. Scream. Who knows? Yeah. But like... Why are we being told all the time that he's tired? I I actually have he's he's strong enough in the force and he's old enough and he's the grandmaster and all that that instead of becoming erratic and reactionary like Dala and Jaina, yeah. he's just slowly being drained. Mm. Because it is harder to stay balanced. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. That's for sure. It's just constantly without him knowing, he's using the force and it's just draining him constantly. Maybe. All I know is that he's like really old and we get told he's tired a lot. Yep. We also get a weird mid-book recap of what just happened on Clatooine here. Mm-hmm. Where Luke's like, oh, it makes, uh, he's thinking of all the reasons why he's so exhausted. And it's because, oh, we're allying with the Sith. And then we came to this planet and Dion Stad went crazy. And he almost sacrificed an entire civilization's culture by smashing into the thing and then Luke or Ben and uh, Vistara were having a chuckle and then her dad was weird like I don't need you to tell me everything that just happened Luke Skywalker you could just be like wow that was wild right yeah yeah. (laughs) last few days have sucked like who's opening this up at chapter 16 and being like I'm gonna pick it up from here 
Yeah. I need to I need to be told what just happened in the last few <laughs> chapters. I don't know. I, that hap- that's happened a few times uh, with ver- with the various uh authors mm-hmm. over the course of the two series and I'm just like I don't, why? I don't I, just, I don't I don't know why that choice comes, but all right. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's just to give us his perspective cuz he wasn't really there for all of it. What does Luke think of all this? I don't yeah. Know. But as he's Luke Skywalker, he's pretty fucking predictable. <laughs> Uh, anyways, yeah, weird recap of, of the events. And then, uh, he says something that I thought was absolutely dead wrong. Okay. He says, or thanks to himself, I should say. While Mara was certainly not one to embark on any kind of journey, short or long, without being prepared for any contingency, there was no prisoner cell per se. Mara was never one to leave on a journey, short or long, without any sort of contingency. Uh, agree to disagree. Yeah, that's how she died. Remember that time that she got killed by Jason Soul? <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Yeah, I forget sometimes. Like we drop about we drop shit about the other books that we've read all the time. Maybe that's cool. Maybe that's not cool. But listen, I'm gonna not. I'm. We're not going through this to pretend we haven't read the other books. Yeah. We are 15 deep, 14 and a half deep, and we're riding it. Okay, <laughs> we're going. We're yeah. going. Now. He's dead wrong because that's how his wife died. Mm-hmm. And it's again, Luke Skywalker making wrong assumptions a lot, right? That's another thing that we're seeing across these books. We see it on Dathomir where he's like, oh, all the Sith must be coming to Dathomir because there's dark side energy here. And that's, this is where they all are. And then now that's wrong. And uh, he's making assumptions about Vistara that seem to be wrong. Mm-hmm. You know? He's, he's old and tired and wrong a lot. And I worry for the man's future based yeah. on those three factors alone. His, his fatigue is impairing his judgment. Speaking of his judgment, he tells Ben to lock Vistara inside her room, which of course makes Ben whine about not trusting a Sith. And how could you not trust Vistara? Yeah, she helped me. Look blah, at how blah. much she's proved herself, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Luke ignores this, as you do as a parent. And he starts reading through that translation he got from 3PO. The Sith aren't sick, like they told him, mm-hmm. right? We know that. He discovers their apprentices aren't sick. And he's like, it literally said he gave a mental shrug. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was like, yeah. yeah, I figured. Yeah. I mean, they're Sith. They're lying. Whatever they're saying is a lie in some degree. That's cool. I figured. And I just thought that was pretty brilliant. Li- <laughs> literally writing in a mental shrug. Yeah. I was like, whoa, that was a cool that was a cool little tidbit. I don't think I've ever seen uh, very often. No, no, it doesn't it doesn't get written in. Very that often was at all. that was good, man. That was good. And uh, oh, also, turns out that they're trying to turn Ben to the dark side. You know, as the, as you do the usual Sith stuff, and they're going to use Vistara's hot body to do it. Mm-hmm. Hot body. <laughs> Anyways. Ben comes back from grumbling after locking his girlfriend in the in in the closet, essentially, mm-hmm. uh, and he gets to read all this stuff for himself. He's also not entirely surprised, he says, but he's definitely angry and he's upset and he's heart hurt yeah. over it. Yeah. You know, as much as you understand, there is a ninety nine point nine percent possibility that Vistara is pretending to like you or using that against you. You don't want that to be the case. Yeah. And then when you're confronted with the proof, he starts taking it out on his dad and he's like, I'm going for a walk. Yeah. I'm Storms just, off. Yeah. Just give me a minute. Takes an hour, but 
But if I'm the 16 year old boy, at some point you're going to come back around through that message of like, she said that she did like him. Yes. I don't know if I'm 16 and I'm like, this is my first girlfriend. Right. Ooh, hey, that means there's a chance I can turn her. Bingo, dude. Exactly what I mean. Yeah. Hey, there is a real, con- there is a real connection. A connection. It's for not sure. fake. That's yeah. not pretend. You know. I wonder if he'll come back to that part of the transcription at any point in his thoughts. Which was a, a hilarious translation by 3PO. Very. Okay, that is something to be pointed out because this is a very cool part of the writing. Yeah. The the translation that they get from 3PO being conglomerated from a selection of close-ish languages it reads like like i like it was pro it programmed language edited by microsoft excel <laughs> like it's just like yes how is maternal parent <laughs> like, and like uh it's just it's written and you know in like this in this accidentally matter of fact sort of way that yeah. makes the information kind of funny yeah. but it is that's a cool way to present it right like it's not it's not this damning condemning text of hurtful language yeah it's robot language <laughs> <laughs> The and, meaning comes across, but it's weird. Yes, it's really, really good stuff. I, I really like I really like that bit of writing. But she did say that she liked it. Mm-hmm. And that came through in the weird translation, nonetheless, right? Yeah. So I wonder if he'll ever come back to that. Being all heart hurt about this. Even Luke's heart is hurting for the kid. Ah, it's my son. I can't help but feel bad for him. I didn't want to do that to him. I don't want him to be feeling bad. I want to not save her. I haven't even contemplated that for a single second. (laughs) (laughs) But I I don't want my son to feel sad. All right. But like, damn, man. If these two are so isolated and the stakes are so high all around them, Ben and Luke Skywalker, Mm -hmm. they are two Jedi prisoner Let's not kid anybody. Yeah. Among the Sith, right? Who have their own Sith prisoner on their ship. It's the yin yang, little bit of dark inside the light, little bit of light inside the overall dark, you know? It's just further levels and reflections of that. But these two are in such a bad spot. Having one of them being so inexperienced and trustful and essentially in love. Mm -hmm. And one of them. Having just lost his wife a few years ago, who he went through all this experience with, but is somehow not connecting to that at all in the yeah. in the text, which would be sweet. Yeah, and he's also got a weird, ingrained, like preconception of what the Sith well, are. They both do. They both yeah. do. And it's the Sith are evil, and it's that. You know what though? <clears throat> think about think about. Okay, just raw numbers. The number of Sith that have been encountered across the galaxy over the last thousand years. 10, 12, Just, all evil. Yeah, all bad. <laughs> you, know what I, you know, right? Every single one of them, super bad. Yeah, based on your sample, yeah. <laughs> right, 100% sample size. And now you have to apply that 12, that sample of 12, to an entire population of a world. And so you just paint... Six yeah. trillion people evil. Yeah. And it's obviously, this is the racism. This is the, 
the in- inherent roots of the slavery that we're talking about all across the thing. You think the Jedi wouldn't enslave the Sith if it would give them control over them? Of course they would if they could. That kind of stuff. Like mm-hmm. they sort of do. I mean, what what else do you call it if you're if you're in re-indoctrinating them to your religion? It's, <laughs> you know, and the only other option is death. Yep. Either yeah. I cut your head off and kick you off a cliff. Or you believe the way I believe. Or you say good things and you come live in our big house. (laughs) (laughs) Those are essentially the options, right? And so, you know, slavery confines a mistress of a different kind, whatever, however you want to tag it. Mm -hmm. But it is more of the same theme. And as much as his heart is, is hurting for his son, he never, how good would it be for him to have like a moment of reflection of his first, ow, bit my tongue, first, <laughs> middle, and last encounters of turning Mara Jade or deciding when she was savable. Yeah. You know, like having him flash back to these memories of him doing this for his wife. Yeah. The woman that he fell in love with, he had to save her from the dark side. No, she wasn't raised on a planet full of Sith, but she was... Taken as orphan, as young enough to be indoctrinated as they do with their Jedi mm-hmm. younglings by Emperor Palpatine into the Emperor's hand. So for him, if we were having scenes of him, say he's exhausted at the beginning of this, and he's like, oh, Ben and Vistar are laughing together. Man, that's troubling. And he flashes back to the two, one of them having having intentions to kill the other, having the other one prisoner, but them sharing a genuine moment between the two of them where they connect, and then he later has this realization or this overwhelming desire to save her. Right? Yeah. Just turn her to like, just to show that uh, like we see a lot, especially in this series, the, the mirror of his life from generation depends. to generation yeah. to generation. Yes, yeah. exactly. We're not getting that yet. And maybe it's because he's too new to these Sith, but yeah. Vistar has already saved his life has already proven useful although deceptive, mm-hmm. like, I mean, capable and has saved Dion Stad's life, not tried to murder Ben, the chances that she's had. She, you know, Ben being, uh, being teenage upset at his dad for not trusting his girlfriend. Ben has some arguments, right? To, to the contrary of, of Luke's belief. Like, why would you not? She saved your life. She saved Dion Stad. She could have killed me this time. She's not really done anything explicitly evil that we know of. Yep. We just believe her to be evil because of our inherent indoctrination and the way that we were raised. The only bad thing she did was the whole night sister turning them over. And then we get this conversation. Yeah. And it's like, dang. Yeah. Look at her being, being manipulative on purpose. And it hurts Ben's heart. And we cut to, well, we flash back to. Ben locking Vistara in her room, right? Mm-hmm. They're having a chit chat about how similar their dads really are because Gavar Kai would have done the same thing if if her and v- if he and Vistara were leaving the ship, he'd lock Ben in his room too. Aren't our dads so similar, right? Which is an interesting point. Yes, because it's kind of Dalla's point that she's made several times. Mm-hmm. I don't. You call Sith whatever you want. They're just bad Jedi to me. Like the Sith and the Jedi are not so far apart as you think man inside the soup, you know? Yeah. You're sitting in the heart of it. And to us on the outside, we don't know. And it doesn't look that different. 
you're all flinging hands and lightning and thunderbolts and whatever the hell, right? Else is happening. I just said the same thing twice, essentially. But that's another thing that's, you know, it's, it's a theme that's being reiterated over and over is that things look different to the people inside of the situation than it does to people on the outside. Yep. That's what we're getting in some of these slavery vignettes. We're getting it in Dala and the Jedi. We're getting it in Ben and Vistara. Right. Mm-hmm. And well, she reminisces about this, their sweet time in the lockup, having a little <laughs> chuckle laugh after he leaves, after he locks the door and leaves. She's like, Oh, that was cool. Back in the thing. I got him to open up. Cause I was really actually genuinely interested. Cause I don't know anything about the universe. Yeah. <laughs> like we're hermits who've been stranded on, a, on one planet for a thousand years. We don't really know anything about the universe. Yeah. So they're connecting on that level. And then Ben returns to present time after having his hour long walk of anger of heart hurtness. He comes back to Vistara's room pointedly saying we're headed to the maw and quote, I'm ready to be done with this thought. I'd let you know. Did he just dump his Sith girlfriend (laughs) in such a passive aggressive teenager way? Yes, he did. I guess, you know, it's not like they're anything official and, and, and openly spoken, but they both definitely knew they had interest in each other. And he comes into this room mad, not at his dad. She feels directly at her. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm ready to be done with this. Thought I'd let you know. Ben Skywalker just broke up with his girlfriend. Yeah. Now my heart hurts. <laughs> I knew she was manipulating him to some degree, but you know, but he didn't how yet. much of this potential are we going to live up to? Mm-hmm. How much of this interesting dynamic relationship are we going to get to see and experience? Really? She's sad about Ben's passive aggressive behavior and not just because it's her mission to flirt with him. Yeah. Damn it. She likes the boy, Tim. But will she be able to win back his trust? Will the Solos stop the temple siege? Will more slaves be freed on live TV? Find out next week. When we cover Faye the Jedi, Book 5, Allies, Chapter 17 through 20. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. Free the slaves and dump the prisoners. And your girlfriend. One and the same. Yes. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.